Hello, you beautiful, crazy, important people. Um, welcome back to another episode of Rant Not Over. I am Rihanna, and I am the ranter, and I am solo today. I am by myself, um, but I just want to say thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. I'm extremely grateful, and you're not going to regret it today. Like, when I say, I don't even know why I'm, la- <laughs> why I'm laughing. Do you ever get so happy or so excited about something that you get like just a bubble of laughter in your chest and it's just uncontrollable. Like the sound just comes out because it has nowhere else to go. I don't know. That's how I get when I'm super excited. Um, and that's how excited I am to record today's episode. So you should be equally excited to listen. We are talking about happiness. (laughs) That's it. Mic drop. No, I'm kidding. But basically just what I think the key to happiness is. And um, I don't want to say that as a generalization. I will say that this has been my key to happiness and kind of a proponent of what I think a lot of people could benefit from to induce more happiness and you know in their life and to feel more fulfilled. And on the other end of that spectrum, I've seen people who lack this certain entity um, that aren't really happy people. And so, I don't know. I feel like, not that I've done any research on any of this, obviously, this is coming from a straight, just like anecdotal point of view. Um, I feel as if I've been writing a thesis for such a long time in my personal development of becoming like a true happy version of myself. And I don't know. I feel like it's coming to a conclusion and not in a way of like, I'm done, I'm closing the book, you know, this chapter's over. But in the sense of, I've been having these thoughts, excuse me, these thoughts for a very long time and I feel like now I'm finally able to talk about them in a way that like makes sense because I finally able, have been able to make sense of it. So I just, I don't know, this is something I've been wanting to share. Um, so thank you again for listening and we'll just jump right into it. So I believe that the key to happiness is self-awareness. And there are some layers to this. Um, I remember, I think I posted some kind of selfie like over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago on Instagram. And I just had kind of an epiphany that night. And I remember the caption literally being like, I think I've discovered the key to happiness and it's self-awareness. And granted, I was definitely probably high, like just chilling, talking to myself. Um, But whatever that situation was, I've done a lot of work to come to that conclusion. And so it was kind of like a cool tipping point to realize, okay, this is what happiness means to me. And so as I sit here tonight, um, I'm just going to unpack that a little bit and what it looks like for me, what it has looked like for me. Um, I'm going to give a you know, a somewhat thorough example of how it can like be applicable. Um, and then also I did a poll or like a open-ended question on my Instagram about what, you know, other people's ideas of key to happiness looked like. And so I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on those as well. Um, so there are kind of three layers to this and I'll kind of give the hierarchy of what they look like and then dive into each individual 
um, kind of subset of what of how I have this laid out. So I'm looking at them as layers because I feel like they definitely build on one another. Like you can't really have one without the other. Um, and yeah, I'll just start. So essentially the first layer is no surprise, self-awareness. And so I'm huge on visualization. So I'm going to use an analogy of like you're building a house, right? So I look at self-awareness as the foundation of the house, laying the groundwork, pouring the cement, um, that really sturdy base, right? And so that's kind of the the starting point. Um, The second layer is self-responsibility and self-accountability. So that's kind of like the structure of the house, the beams, the drywall, just you get what I'm saying. I have no idea what construction even looks like but I can imagine like that's how you build a house right you have the foundation then you have the walls so that's how I'm picturing the kind of the self-responsibility and the accountability looking like that's the second tier the second layer to this and then the third layer um is acceptance and control and so this is like the roof right keeps you safe keeps you warm um keeps all the bad things out And it's kind of like the cherry on top. And it is the third layer to this sort of trilogy approach to what I think happiness looks like. Um, And so, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of go back and I want to dive into each layer and what that looks like. And uh, y'all, I'm just so excited. Like, (laughs) like, literally, just thank you for listening. Fuck. Okay. So, um, so the first layer, so self-awareness. We're pouring the cement, right? So, like I said, you can't have this step without... You can't have the other steps without having this first step. You know, with any, like, addiction or any kind of thing in your life, right? Like, they always say acceptance is the first key or is the key. Um, you, If you can't acknowledge something, if you don't even know that it exists, you can't even begin to change it. So, this is the first kind of thing of being aware, being self-aware and just acknowledging everything around you, everything in your life. Like it might be overwhelming. It probably will be overwhelming. It's a lot to think about. Um, but I think it's really beneficial because the alternative is pushing everything to the side. And like I said, the people that I know that are the least happy and fulfilled are those people that push everything to the side and just kind of float through life. And so just taking this head on first step, self-awareness, acknowledgement, and it's difficult. Um, if you're doing it, if you've done it, if you're contemplating even taking that first leap, I'll be the first one to congratulate you because it's not easy, right? It's looking in the mirror. And so this is what I consider to be the what. So, you know, there's who, what, when, where, why. This first layer of self-awareness is the what. Um, So we're not getting in too deep yet of like, you know, triggers and kind of, you know, why am I this way? This is the what. So just even acknowledging that there is a problem. So this is just basically knowing behaviors, patterns, values, your morals, reoccurring thoughts, toxic habits, etc. And um, I was kind of doing like just some, I mean, quote, you know, air quotes research earlier. I was Googling um, just kind of, you know, the ideas of self-awareness and acknowledgement to kind of further my argument. And um, I really like this idea of there being like kind of two facets to self-awareness. And so the first one is introspection, which is one of my favorite words in the world, that and reciprocity. But 
introspection is just this idea of, or how they, um, I'm sorry, how they worded it was private self-awareness. So there's private self-awareness and public self-awareness. So this idea of private self-awareness is being introspective, being able to look within, being able to question yourself and your own behaviors and your own patterns and your own ideals and thought processes and, you know, what that looks like for you. And then the counterpart to that is public self-awareness, which is kind of just recognizing how you operate in the world, basically, like how you interact with strangers, how you, you know, demonstrate in relationships. Um, And the article was kind of saying how like this can either be to your detriment or it can be healthy. And so Basically, it can be detrimental if you're so publicly self-aware to the point where you're like trying to people please, right? So you're just trying to fit in. You're trying to live to everyone else's standards. You're trying to live the quote unquote norm. Um, And so that can be kind of sabotaging. But when you're just publicly self-aware enough to be like, okay, I realize that, you know, sometimes I am at fault um, in these situations, right? Like it's not always the other person. They're A lot of interactions require two or more people, um, two or more perspectives or thoughts. And so just having that awareness of I am in this as well. Um, And just, yeah, knowing how you treat other people, how you operate in the world. It's just, it's just having that awareness overall. And so, yeah, I think it really does, you know, require these two folds of introspection and perspective, which is, you know, looking outwardly. Um, And I just, I mean, I harp on self-awareness all the time with anyone that is willing to talk to me about it or listen to me talk about it, but it truly is the catalyst for everything else that is to come. Like I said before, you cannot change what you aren't even able to acknowledge exists. So that really is the first step. Um, And if you're really not sure of it, like, I think just even sitting down and just rehashing kind of those maybe toxic patterns that you don't really like about yourself or you know these people that you keep inviting in your life but don't end up really you know serving you a purpose or like just whatever it is like maybe you're you keep falling into jobs that you're um not happy with whatever the case is just like sitting down making mental notes maybe even asking some of the closest people to you friends family um and you know being prepared to get an answer that you may not necessarily want to hear but just like hey you know I know I'm not perfect I'm not coming to you from that point of view I'm coming to you very humbly just trying to grow as a person and I'm trying to be aware of who I am in this world um and who I am within myself and so if there's any kind of patterns or habits or just you know things about me that you can kind of recall that would be helpful obviously if they love you they will be kind about delivering this information but I think that could be a good like starting place you know texting or calling or talking in person to five of your closest people and just kind of asking like you know what who am I how am I and um you know yeah they'll say it from a place of love if they truly are your people so we have the first layer we're setting the groundwork we're acknowledging, okay, there's probably probably things that need to be fixed. And this goes for anyone. Like, I don't think anyone can skip this step. Like, no one should be skipping this step. We are all human. We all fuck up. We all have our own turmoil and issues. And that's okay. 
What is not okay is when we ignore them and expect, you know, things to kind of fix themselves. Um, which brings me into the second layer, which is self-responsibility and accountability. So again, this is kind of the structure of the house. So the beams, the drywall, the the pipes, I don't know, whatever goes into the walls that we live in, basically, keeping us safe and um, warm and cozy. And it's like our own little burrow, right? Like, I'm sure everyone is this way. Well, not everyone, but for most people, your home is your safe place. It's your place where you're comfortable. So yeah, this is the second layer, um, responsibility and accountability. And so how I said before, how the first layer um, of awareness is kind of the what, we're now going into the why. And so when you're finally able to take responsibility and accountability over your actions and over your what's, quote unquote, um, now you're kind of able to figure out the why, which requires digging. So I will say that this kind of layer, this phase to happiness, I feel like I should write a book. What do you guys think? I don't know. Let me know. If you got this far, just let me know if I should write a book because I'm really, I'm really fucking with this <laughs> idea. Um, but this is the why. So like I said, this requires a lot of digging. You will spend most of your time in this phase, I feel like. And like I said, none of this is linear. So some of you know layers require going back and forth and back and forth. But from a personal standpoint, I find myself just kind of like lingering here a lot because it requires, um, it takes time to unpack trauma and toxicity and patterns and just knowing the why, right? Like, you know, most of us that are listening, I'm sure, have at least 20 years of life under their belt. Um, I'm coming from a perspective of having 24 years under my belt. And so that's a lot of unpacking. And I will say that in this kind of phase um, of being able to hold yourself accountable and taking responsibility for your own life, you know, sometimes it does require therapy. Like, I'm a huge advocate for that. I am not a participant yet myself. Um, but I do always, you know, preach it for maybe people who don't have the easiest time being introspective and even being able to look inwards. And so just to me, a lot of this is like connecting the dots of like, I've been thinking a lot recently about kind of why I am the way I am. Like I know what, at least for the most part. Um, but I want to know why. So like, whew, I don't even know if I want to get into some of my own personal, <laughs> behaviors. Um, but you know why I always feel the need to be in control, why I tend to be emotionally unavailable, why I, um, you know, tend to accept less than I deserve sometimes, or just downplay things, you know, like all these things that humans do naturally, but I'm trying to unpack the why, because whether it came from childhood, previous experiences, whatever it is, like there is something that has triggered me to carry this into my adulthood. And so it takes unpacking. It takes a lot of looking in the mirror and it can be scary. Um, but not avoiding it is super crucial to like this enlightenment of what life could really look like. And so it's basically just taking ownership, taking ownership over your own life. Um, taking ownership over the fact that you are the common denominator of your life. I am so sorry to break this 
insane news to you, but you are the common denominator of everything in your life. Um, you spent every waking second with yourself, unless you're able to like transcend, you know, <laughs> parallel universes or do some voodoo shit, like you're in your body forever, right? So knowing that, knowing that you take responsibility, knowing that, you know, it's time to stop playing the victim mentality of like, let me put it this way. Oops. Sorry, I had to pause real quick. I live right near some train tracks, so I had to um, pause. But anyway, so what I was saying was essentially like when you give, when you place blame on other things, right? So like say you have a life that is pretty shitty. You don't love it. Things don't always go your way. You keep ending up in shitty scenarios. I know so many people that just play the victim mentality and it's always woe is me. And it's, well, this person did this. Well, this happened because they did this or, you know, whatever the case is, it's like you're never taking ownership. And then like, as long as you are putting this power of the trajectory of your own life in forces that you cannot control, you will never feel fulfilled. You will never be happy. Truly, you will never be able to grow from a place of self-fulfillment um, because you're giving power to things that you have no control over. Like as long as you keep blaming other people for your own issues, you're giving power to things that like you literally cannot control what someone else does, says, whatever. And so it can be hard sometimes. Like, I feel like that's the easy way, right? Like if something's going bad in your life, just to place the blame outwardly, to not take responsibility, it's easy. But little do you know that like, it's having, I mean, extreme like effects on kind of like how you're able to maneuver through life. Um, because you're never taking responsibility. You always have this sense of feeling out of control, whether you admit it to yourself or not. Um, because essentially you're not taking control. So this step is really important. Like taking responsibility, taking control, holding yourself accountable. And like, even if shit is not your fault, just being like, okay, this may not have actually been my fault, but like it is up to me now to flip the script and to react appropriately in the way that like I need to grow and that I need to prosper and that I need to move on and heal and forgive and like whatever that looks like for you you need to take that ownership all day every day to the fucking gut that's it like and it's hard because it requires a lot of carrying but is it's it's your own burdens you're not carrying other people's burdens you're carrying your own and it can sound um kind of daunting like a daunting task but I really promise like it's gonna make all the difference as far as like just changing the narrative and that's kind of what this comes down to. So not dumping your problems on other people and dumping your outcomes on other people and external forces. Like you're changing the narrative to having control of your own life. Like you're reframing that of I am responsible. I am accountable. Um, you know, yeah, my parents may have not had the best relationship. And now that I'm older, I can understand that. And now that I'm older, I can realize that maybe that's why my view of relationships are skewed. And maybe that's why, you know, um, intimacy looks different to me. And, you know, um, words of affirmation and like how people actually express their love languages and like feeling like I'm not 
good enough for someone to actually like me. And like just all of these reservations that we have within ourselves come from a place and like knowing what that place is. Like, I don't blame my parents. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, I grew up in a household where this, this and that. So I'm going to justify how I proceed in my adult life with relationships or with life. Like, fuck that. I'm, I'm taking responsibility. Like I grew up in a certain household However, you know, the case was that does not determine who I am to be for my life. I am still, I still am taking accountability for how I show up to myself, to my friends, to my family, to the world. And flipping that script has made all the difference. Um, And again, I do want to go to therapy. I think like just the idea of knowing one of my best friends, Elise, if you're listening, hey, baby, (laughs) but just knowing she's always like, I want to know why. Like, I ask that all the time, but why, but why? Because people do things with a a tendency, an intention in mind, whether they know it or not. Um, And so knowing that why of like, I do this because this, when you can kind of figure out that link and that pattern, you can recognize your patterns that much easier and that much quicker. And that's when you can stop them, control them, mitigate them, excuse me, reframe it, rewire your brain, whatever you need to do. And so, like I said, I'm ranting about this one piece for so long because I'm not kidding when I say like, I'm always in this stage, right? Like there are some problems that I've worked through. Great. You know, it's never like really a check off the list. I feel like things are always going to be reiterated and brought back up again. And like, just, you know, it's a constant testament to like, Um, personal development but just having that mentality going forward of when you're going through things um, you know just kind of like knowing like recognizing like oh I'm doing this behavior again and like now I know it I can understand it and now let's pivot or let's work on it or you know whatever it just goes back again to that acknowledgement and self-awareness and so yeah it's just a beautiful thing y'all like it's so I don't want to say it's messy. It can be messy because it's a lot of um, unpacking and unraveling things that may hurt. Like that, you know, we've probably spent a lot of our lives trying to keep covered up and tucked away in the attic and with dust on it. Like, and now it's time to bring that box down, blow the dust off, rip the tape off and just like unpack it slowly but surely. And, you know, then we can put everything back in the box and like reorganize it and make it look pretty and neat and like, you know, to our liking. And I know that's such a weird analogy, but I don't know y'all just bear with me. Um, so yeah, the second layer just to reiterate is responsibility, accountability, just changing the narrative, taking ownership over your own life, um, require, you know, just the digging of knowing why you do things, how you operate. And which brings us to our third layer of once you kind of, know why you operate a certain way, why things happen certain ways, taking responsibility and accountability for those actions and for your own actions. And now into the third layer of just acceptance and control. And like I said, this is the roof, you know, just the thing to keep us safe and safe in a way that means also brave and vulnerable, which I am... (coughs) learning to do. I just started, um, a book by Brene Brown called Daring Greatly, which my best friend Megan got me. So shout out to you, Megs. Thank you. I am, 
I'm super excited to dive into it and learn about vulnerability and how vulnerability is actually a brave thing. Um, and it reflects bravery and it doesn't reflect like this scared kind of mindset of what we think it means to be vulnerable. Anyways, <laughs> another tangent for another day, but yeah, just this idea of acceptance and control and back to what I was saying, I'm sorry about kind of keeping us safe and not safe in the way that means like not facing our shit and, you know, staying shielded from the world and our problems and our toxic behaviors and our boundaries and all of that, but safe in the sense of like kind of handling your shit head on and then protecting yourself and your energy and your mind going forward. So just wanted to reiterate that analogy there. Um, But this is essentially the how. So we had the self-awareness was the what, the accountability and responsibility was the why, and now the acceptance and control shifts to the how. So we already have been able to acknowledge our patterns, our behaviors. We are able to take responsibility and accountability over them, realizing that it, you know, it is up to us. This is my narrative. And now it's, we're accepting and controlling what we can control. And this is huge. This is the how. This is the how we are actually able to have applicable skills. I don't want to say skills. That sounds very like, like hard work. I mean, it is hard work, but just, um, just, I guess the tangible tools is a better word um, that we use in our everyday life. And like, this is how we are able to, this is how, let me say I, this is how I am able to move forward on a day-to-day basis and like actually be in love with life and like not as a facade and not as like I'm putting up this front of like, oh, self-love, self-worth, blah, blah, blah. Like when I say to y'all, I practice what the fuck I preach and I get tested often <laughs> that makes me reiterate like I, I like it just makes me realize that I am practicing what I preach and not that it's always easy not that it's ever like my knee-jerk reaction just to like be happy accept what you you know control what you can control whatever but eventually I do get back to that place and um I mean I, I like literally this is an anecdote because this is my life. This is what I've been living all everything in my, like I'm reading off of my notes right now. This is shit that I'm writing down because this is what I've actually been through over the past. I mean, maybe what, like five, six years. Um, I want to say this self-love journey really started around the same time as my fitness journey. Coincidence? Absolutely not. Like, you know, those trajectories are very the same of my physical, mental, emotional well-being and health. But like I said, so this is the how accepting, Accepting, you know, people for who they are, accepting um, yourself and like just knowing not just like this is the opposite of just being stagnant and just maintaining, but accepting and then controlling what you can control, right? Like this is your mindset shift of not everything will always go my way. I am unable to control other people. I am unable to control a lot of factors in life. There are a lot of things are inevitable, Um, you know, mental health, like some mental health disparities, um, 
you know, financial issues, health, like physical health issues, death, um, just, you know, a lot of hardship. Like it's inevitable. We're humans. It's going to happen. But this mindset shift of it is not what happens to you that defines you rather than how you react to it. And time and time again, that is one of my favorite quotes. Like, it genuinely is how you proceed to react to something that will make all the difference in how your day moves, how your week goes, how your month flows, how your life goes, okay? Mm, That was poetic. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, But yeah, this is just an energy shift, a mindset shift of like, you just shifting your energy because I'm sure we all we are naturally stressed, anxious. Like there's a lot going on in the world. Like we're all gonna naturally just have this like idea to want to control certain things and then flip out at the end of the world when something doesn't go our way. Like, but then we put our all of our energy into the problem and never the solution. And like this is where it comes into play to put your energy into the motherfucking solution. Of you have a problem in front of you. Your problem is not changing, right? Like that is an objective factor. The problem is there. It is not changing. How are you going to react to it? How are you going to change your perspective around this problem to benefit you and maybe even people around you? Like manipulating the situation, it's literally rewiring your brain and training your brain to approach things differently. That is the, that's the T, like that's the end all be all of your approach and your reaction to things. Like just to give you a real life primetime example. Um, so today is Thursday. I'm recording last Friday morning. I wake up, I wake up, I go to open my blinds. It's a beautiful sunny morning. I look down in the parking lot. My car is fucking gone. (laughs) My car is not there. I instant panic runs over my body. Um, I knew immediately my car got towed. It was a two hour, parking lot situation, but I figured because I live in this apartment and I pay buku money to live here that I can park like wherever. Like, it's not like it was a parked lot. It was literally right outside of my window. It's on my, you know, on my community property, whatever. Um, so I freak out. I'm crying. I call my mom. I'm like, mom, what the fuck? (laughs) I didn't say that, but I'm like, my car is towed. Like, I'm just freaking out. I needed to talk to someone. I'm crying. I knew how much money it was going to be. I've had a car get towed here before. Not mine, but someone else's. It was 240 Like, I knew what it was. Um, that's a lot. Of, that's a shit ton of money. Like, I don't care what anyone says. 240 for no reason. That's a lot of money. And I was kicking myself because I'm like, this all could have been avoided if I just parked in the damn parking garage. Anyways, <laughs> not to get re-amped about it, but... This was my thought process. It was early in the morning. I'd just woken up, opened my blinds. This was the first thing that happened. And so, yeah, I freaked out. I cried. I was angry. All of the feels. Um, I did exactly that. I took a deep breath. Pretty sure I washed my face. I didn't drink coffee because I was already anxious. So I knew that would trigger it. So I was just drinking water. I lit a candle made my bed. I always make my bed. If you don't make your bed, kids, do it. Um, And I was like, you know what? I have the money. I have a means of transportation getting to the impound tow place, whatever. I had the phone number. I had the address. I put on even a decent, cute little athleisure outfit. 
um, got my fanny pack on, and I'm just like, you know what? Like, I cheered the fuck up. And, like, this isn't delusional happiness. Like, I wasn't obviously happy. I was about to go drop 240 just to get my car back. <laughs> um, this wasn't delusional. It was literally the sense of this is a situation I'm being handed. I can do nothing about it. It is, God, I hate this saying, but it is what it is. It was what it was. And the only thing I could do was pay for it. And like, I mean, either, either way, that was the outcome. And so my idea, the dialogue I kind of had in my own head was I can literally sit here and let these thoughts fester and stay angry all day and be pissed and upset and just like honestly self-loathing because I was pissed at myself. Um, but I decided like, no. So my mom came and picked me up. I'm cheesing. I'm smiling. Hey, girl, what's up? Oh, also, this helped. While I was getting ready, Everything is Everything by Lauren Hill started playing. And if you know, you know. If you don't, go listen to that song. It's everything you need to know. <laughs> but I go, I get in her car. Um, I call the place. I said they're not going to be ready for another hour because he's out towing someone else's car or doing a repo. God bless that person's day. My day could be worse. Um, I'm like, all right, it's sunny outside. Let's go get a beer. <laughs> We go get a beer. We chill outside. I'm vibing. I'm having good conversation with my mom. The sun is shining. Not a cloud in the sky. We go get my car. I pay for it. Whatever. We go to, like, I go to the gym that day. Like, I just, it really is your perspective on things. And I didn't let that ruin my day or my week or my month. It rocked an hour or two of my life. But, like, I'm not going to give it the power to shift everything around me. Um, and so that is my idea of just accepting the situation for what it was, controlling the factors that I was able to control, which was my mood and the power I was going to let it have over my mood. And then I moved on. And so that might've been like a small example, but it was just the most recent example in my lifetime, in my lifetime, in my recent times, whatever. And so it felt important to me to share. Um, and kind of the last two notes I have on this idea of acceptance and control is like, I literally put in all caps, true freedom. Like you feel liberated when you realize that you are in control of your life. I felt liberating to know that there was a situation handed to me that could have, I mean, would have made any person probably have a bad day or a week or a weekend. And I didn't let that happen. That is liberating because I am in control. It's releasing just all of this shit, all of this shit. So that's my little spiel on acceptance and control. So just to reiterate one more time for the people in the back, we have three layers for happiness. First one, self-awareness and, and acknowledgement. This is the what. This is knowing your behaviors, your issues, your patterns. Then we go into the second layer, which is taking responsibility and accountability for those behaviors, patterns, habits, etc. And this is the why. So it requires digging, looking in the mirror, basically figuring out, like you already have C and we want to know what A plus B is. Um, and then we have the third layer of acceptance and control. This is the how. So how we can use these tactics to just like maneuver with through our lives with have like, you know, just actually having fulfilling lives and joy and just like. I mean, I wasn't necessarily happy that day, but just 
knowing that I don't have to be unhappy. I don't have to succumb to this idea of despair just because I had an inconvenience. I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, and so I would love to give an example, a real life example, um, I'm sure this is something that a lot of people can relate to. Relationships are tricky, messy, weird facets of human nature. And so an example that I just wanted to kind of share was um, dating the same person in different bodies. I've seen, you know, something like these memes kind of floating around. Like you're going to keep meeting the same people in different bodies basically until you learn your lesson, right? And so I just, yeah, I think this is true. I've definitely dealt with it. I've known other people to deal with it. Like we're just, you know, creatures of habit. (laughs) Um, And so there's always that saying, like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But clearly if this shit's broken, we got to fix it. So basically in this scenario, we have someone, I'll even use myself. Fuck it. Like this isn't super relatable. Maybe it is. I don't know. I tend to um, go after emotionally unavailable people. So, yeah, I'll just use myself because why not? I'm going to give you all the tea. So, dating the same person in different bodies. Over the course of my life, I have um, definitely been drawn to emotionally unavailable people, um, guys. And um, some would say, I think a friend told me this. Oh, God, this hurt. She was like, um, Re, I think you like emotionally unavailable people, guys, because you're emotionally unavailable. And so you either don't want to hurt them or don't want to get hurt. And so because you're already so aloof, you just go after people who are the same. So there's never anything that like any real vulnerability that occurs. And I'm like, fuck. Okay. So you see right through me. Anyways. um, But basically just having like the outcome being the same every time. Like. You know, just having relationships that aren't reciprocated or just having confusion or, like, whatever it is. Um, And this isn't necessarily a toxic pattern. Like, I know some people who end up in toxic relationship after relationship where they're either cheating or they're getting cheated on or trust issues or whatever the case is. Um, And so this is the idea of, let me back up here of even recognizing and acknowledging being self-aware enough to realize that, okay, let me take a minute and sit down and look at my dating history. And I'm realizing that the past 10 guys look completely different physically, but mentally and emotionally kind of derive from the same idea of, I like you, but not enough to date you, right? Like that's a pattern. Um, okay, cool. I'm sitting with that. Don't really know why, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So we've got the second layer, responsibility and accountability. So let's look in the mirror a little bit. Let's dig. All right. Let's look at my examples of relationships that I've had in my lifetime. Um, my parents who, you know, are divorced (laughs) or my real parents who split when I was three, never got married. Um, my stepdad and mother who got divorced six years ago now, um, And, you know, wasn't like a prime example of what love would look like. Um, Everyone in my family is pretty much single. Um, Like, I just don't have really good examples of like what love should look like and what relationships and marriage and like healthy, you know, effort filled relationships look like. 
And so this is something I'm able to reflect on of, okay, this is, you know, maybe a why of why, you know, I don't necessarily, I can't not necessarily connect the dots, but at least I can kind of realize like, all right, I don't have a good track record with like healthy relationships. I don't have any examples of them in my life. Like these things are probably not a coincidence. Um, and then just taking ownership of that, of the narrative of, so next time I'm in that scenario of being like, okay, I can recognize it. I can recognize myself and my own behaviors and my tendencies because I've seen them before in past scenarios. I can recognize it in the other person because I've seen it in past scenarios. Like it's just this recognition of, all right, this shit isn't new. I know what it looks like, whatever. If I don't like it, leave. If I'm willing to accept it, stay, whatever. Changing the narrative. And then it goes to the third layer of acceptance and control. Like, like I said, controlling what, what I can control. I do not have to stay in these scenarios if I don't want to. Um, I can accept to stay or I can speak up in like whatever I'm feeling and, you know, also accept that answer and that response from that person. And so this seems like a vague kind of scenario. Um, but essentially just trying to eliminate the self-fulfilling prophecy of, well... I mean, all my relationships have already been toxic, so all of them are probably going to continue to be toxic, and I'm going to continue to hurt people, and people are going to continue to hurt me, and right, and then you keep putting yourselves in these scenarios with that mindset subconsciously, but then it ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because that does end up being the outcome again because you haven't been able to learn your lesson, and so you just keep finding your same you know, these same, um, scenarios, basically, um, finding yourselves in the same scenarios. And so, yeah, I hope that was, I hope that example made sense. It's just definitely one that made sense to me. Um, and now I just want to get into you lovely people and your responses to what you thought the key to happiness, your key to happiness is, um, So this girl says, accepting what you can, can't control and knowing God has a perfect plan for you. Yeah, just reiterating, like, let the fuck go. Like, let go of what is not serving you and stop giving power to shit that, like, doesn't deserve it. And just start putting your energy into things that you can control, like your health, your um, happiness, (laughs) your surroundings, like who you surround yourself with, what you spend your downtime doing like all of those things um this next one says being present quit worrying about what was or what could be I love this so much I just got goosebumps this is something I'm actively trying to practice of just being being present and I am really good with that in life um like in these small moments but it's like I am such a natural overthinker that it's really difficult to kind of not wonder what if or what was so working on that but I do love that um this girl I love this one she says being in love with who you are in your journey and spreading that love to the world this is my self-fulfilling prophecy in the best way (laughs) like I agree wholeheartedly I think love really like self-love really does radiate 
into the world. And that's just something that like, that's all I want to do while I'm here for this short amount of time is just genuinely spread whatever bit of love and light that I have within me to other people. And, um, I think when you do that, it just really creates a happy place for everyone. So do it, do it often and do it loudly in proudly. Um, this next one says accepting and being comfortable with who you are. Yeah. And accepting in the sense of like, if you're unhappy with, you know, your, I don't know, like how you treat people. If you're mean to people, like you should probably not accept that. You should probably work on it. Um, but as far as things of like <clears throat> out of our control, you know, obviously work on your health, work on becoming a better person, <clears throat> excuse me. But at the end of the day, like we don't have to, Oh my God, where's my voice? Excuse me. We don't have to do these like overbearing, drastic, you know, reconstructions to our faces and bodies and whatever to be happy. So yeah, definitely love that. Just being comfortable with who you are. And I think that'll show up authentically to the world. Oof, this one. Realizing it's a choice. Hello. Happiness is a choice. I've said that before. And I don't say that dismissively because I know mental health is a real thing. And I am not disparaging that. Y'all, hold on. Oh, sorry. My voice is like snap, crackle, and pop it over here. Rice Krispies. Okay. Realizing it's a choice. Yeah, so like I was saying, obviously mental health is a real thing. I do not take that lightly. So obviously someone with clinical depression, I'm not going to go up to them and say happiness is a choice. But I'm just saying in like a very general sense. Um, it can be a choice when you decide to take control and take autonomy over your own life. (laughs) This next one, not the key, but good sex. Uh, yeah, I would agree, especially consistent good sex. Like once a month, once every like two months, like, okay, that's not really happiness. That's like maintenance. (laughs) That's like an oil change. (laughs) Um, I know that's not how often you get oil changes, but I'm saying like that's maintenance. That's not like filling up the gas tank. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, consistent good sex is key for happiness. That, that glow hits different. Um, this next one says money because it'll solve 90, 95% of my stress and I can travel and backpack, back, backpack in cool places. Um, yeah, I agree. Like I'm such a happy person. Money is 95% of my stress. Other than that, like, shit's sweet. So I'm right there with you, girl. Let's get rich. Let's go backpacking together. You want to go to Thailand? New Zealand? Let me know. I'm trying to be Audi 3000. (laughs) Um, This next one says, striving to live in alignment with your highest and authentic self. And that is so beautiful. I completely agree. Just being in alignment with who you are, like your highest and most authentic self, like, your best version of you, what you can offer to yourself, to the world, to your closest people, and just really living in that alignment and like not letting other people dictate who you should and should not be. Um, and then the last two both have to do with peace. So this one just says peace. And this next one says innermost peace with yourself. And so I think that's just a beautiful sentiment to just how staying peaceful and um for me that looks a lot like letting go of what I can't control and controlling what I can control that brings a lot of peace in my life and so 
I just implore you to give it a spin. Just take it, take it for a lap, you know? Come back, let me know how it works out for you. If you've made it this far in the episode, I applaud you. Thank you for listening to all of my thoughts and my voice cracks and just me navigating this. Like I said, it's been a long time coming um, for me to come to this. I've come to this realization a while ago, but to like actualize it and put it in words is super special and just indicative of my own personal development. And so, again, thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Um, And if you, you know, want to try these things and, like, talk to me about it, DM me. Like, you know, please feel free. Um, I love talking through things like this with people. So that is all I have for you guys today. Um, I need to go drink some water because my boys... It's going stupid, going crazy. But again, I'm so grateful for you listening. I can't wait for more episodes, more guests. And like I said, always, if you have any suggestions for topics, please feel free to reach out. I'm always willing. I'm an open ear, always. Um, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your week, weekend, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this morning. And we will talk soon. Peace and blessings.